Hey, this is Matt from Star Tours. You're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. This is James from Hollywood Studios, and you're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. This is Amanda from Disney Junior, and you're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. Hello, this is David from Star Tours, and I just helped Nick's son build his very first lightsaber. Hi, this is Marcos over at Star Tours. I don't listen to podcasts often, but when I do, I listen to Mousecapades. Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at two tickets to paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades. Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. Welcome back to the podcast that entertains that space between your ears. I'm Nick, and you're listening to the Mousecapades podcast. I am joined here with Vicky from our Christmas in July episode. Vicky, why don't you say hi? Hi, everybody. How are you? And she is joining us because Dave is still on vacation, so I'm sort of flying solo, but that's why I asked Vicky to join in for us, and I'm so glad she can make it today uh, to join us with our podcast as you all listen. So Dave is set to return uh, this week from his epic journey into the Magic Kingdom and Epcot and Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom, and he, he successfully completed four parks in one day. Uh, let me tell you something about Dave. Not only is this man crazy, Vicky, for success completing four parks in one day but you know he is set to return just six hours before we have to report for the new school year he has lost his mind yeah that is crazy reporting just you know six hours before we have to report uh to school but uh yeah he's set to do be, uh, be back on us early monday morning and we return to school monday morning as well so i will do my best to keep him awake during our annual uh training you know, meetings that we have to go through that are such a snooze, you know, that you want to fall asleep uh, anyway. So I will do my best to uh, to keep him up to speed and um, awake because those meetings are brutal on a full night's sleep. What do you think? I would totally agree. I'm not sure how he's planning to be awake, although the first day is a work day. So maybe he feels like he'll have the adrenaline rush of being at Disney and he thinks he can get his room set up in one whole day, just like he visited all those parks. If I was him, I'd just go ahead and lock the door, put the shades down, and, and go to sleep. <laughs> that sounds like fun, too. <laughs> but later in the show, we have some stuff lined up for you, backed by popular demand, you know, the news and rumors segment. You all love it. You all have weighed in with numerous emails, and trust me, we hear you. Everyone seems to love the news and rumors segment, Vicki. It's actually our highest downloaded show. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I do like to uh, get in on the rumors, too, to see if they coincide with what I've been hearing as well. So later in this episode, we will talk about This Week in History, Excessive Magic Bands, a brawl that took place at Disney's S-Track there in Epcot, Mr. Gold's Pawn Shop, Disney's new Pandora Charms, Captain EO is making a return, and rumored expansion that you just won't believe. We're also going to cover some D23 stuff that's coming up and much, much more. But first, Vicky, I'm going to take you back. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. All right, so this week in history, back in 1951, Walt Disney's 13th animated film, Alice in Wonderland, is released in the U.S. I am a huge fan of Alice in Wonderland. Vicki, how about you? I like Alice in Wonderland. Um, I especially like when she goes down the hole and drinks the potion. It's so crazy. That's what I love about it. I know people either love it or hate it. It seems like it's 50-50 because it is so unique and strange and weird. But you know me. I'm all about that type of stuff. So I really like it. Colin loves it. And we watch it every now and then. Uh, We have it on our phone. So I, I pop it on my phone every now and then. In 1999, Walt Disney World's Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith opens with a special invitation party only. Can you guess who was there, Vicky? Um, Aerosmith. Yeah, you're right. Steven Tyler and his band Aerosmith uh, were there for the opening ceremony. So uh, that's pretty neat to be, you know, at an opening ceremony of your own roller coaster. It's a model after your band. In 2011, the Salt Lake Home Builders Association hosted the 65th annual Salt Lake Parade of Homes. And one of the homes that was created for this parade of homes was the Up Home. And I would love to have a home modeled after the cartoon Up. How would you like to live in a house like that, Vicki? I think it'd be really fun. Um, That home is like old timey and it makes me think of going to grandma and grandpa's house. It just reminds me of like a beach house as well with all the cool colors and stuff like that. Very, very unique. Do you think it comes, uh, comes with Doug and Russell? Well, that would be fun. Yeah, it definitely has to come with dog. It has to come with a dog, right? Um, it'd be kind of creepy. You probably open up a closet and then there's the old man, you know? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> there's the creepy old man. All right, shut the door. In 1986, Disney's Flight of the Navigator, which is one of my favorite films when I was a child. It was just on about last month, and I had my wife watching it, and she thought it was the most boring movie ever on the planet. She had never seen it. I absolutely love it just because of... The uh, exploration and just the the imagination behind the film. But uh, yeah, this was released in theaters. You know, it's that 12-year-old boy who goes around. He's abducted by an alien uh, with an alien spacecraft. And he, 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 sp- he spends eight years uh, going into the future. Just a really cool film. Do you remember that film, Vicky, when it was released? I actually have never seen that film. But I think probably if I saw it, I might think it was boring like Aaron. But um, I did want to say it's probably like Pete's Dragon because when I was a kid, I loved Pete's Dragon and I could watch it. But now not as exciting. Yeah, I you know, I'm a told I'm an 80s baby and uh, I love everything 80s. I know you're a 70s kiddo, right? Yes. And uh, I, I do wish I was born in the 70s. You know, my father-in-law says the 60s are the best because you could pull up in a van beside a house with a bed in the back and it was acceptable. But uh, yeah, either the 60s or 70s would have been a blast to live in. But uh, you know, I'm an 80s baby. So yes, I love that film. It is one of my favorites. 
Back in 1988, Disney launches its first cruise ship, the Disney Magic. It is one of the three largest ships in the world, Vicky. And um, I got a text from Dave this week. Uh, we tried to plan our Disney vacations at the exact same time this summer, but it just didn't happen. And he texted me today out of the blue saying, hey, how about a Disney cruise next year? And I said, faux show. Oh, well, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, you're more than welcome to come. That would be a lot of fun. I think we might get in trouble with all our Disney antics, though. It, it'd, be, it'd be a blast. Back in 1955, Vicky, and for our listeners, uh, one of my favorites. I love this cartoon that has this character in it. My boy loves it. And when we go to Disneyland sometime with my boy, because I do love Disneyland, we're definitely going to ride this train. Of course, my friends, I am talking about the Casey Jr. Circus Train, you know, based from the 1941 Dumbo. It debuted back in 1955 at Disneyland. So you guys rode that the last time you were there, I'm sure. Uh, no, I did not. Last time I was there, I was with Dave and uh, two grown adults, you know, riding the Casey Jr. train. Um, I don't know if it would look right, although it is acceptable nowadays. I just don't think it would look right, you know? Yeah, probably not, but still would have been fun. Yeah, I don't care what people think of me, though. But no, we didn't get on it. Um, 1994... One of the best channels ever because it really occupies my child's time. And yes, I have become an addict of this channel. The Disney Channel debuted back in 1994. I didn't realize it was that long ago, but the Disney Channel also entertains my children and they are both teenagers. So, Vicki, I got to ask you, where were you in 1994? In 1994, I got married. Really? Yes, God bless. God bless Brad. Thanks a lot. But yes, we were living in Georgia at the time. Ooh, Georgia. So you're really close to the Magic Kingdom. We were, but we never went to the Magic Kingdom while we lived in Georgia. Imagine that. Brad, God bless you, buddy, uh, back in 1994. All right, moving on. I'm just joking, Vicky. We love you. All right, 2005. The Hong Kong Economic Times reports that Disney plans to open a theme park in Shanghai in 2012. What's wrong with that initial report, Vicky? I'm not sure. I'm going to wait for you to tell me because I actually don't know that. Is Shanghai built yet? No, it is not. It is not. And they just pushed it back yet another year. It is not set to open until 2000. 16, I could be wrong, maybe 17, but yeah, 2016. You know, one of my complaints about this park, though, Vicky, is they got rid of Main Street USA. Any thoughts to that? Yeah, I think Main Street USA is just a staple. It needs to be there, just like the castle. I totally agree. Just like a castle, it needs to be there. So does Main Street USA. We have it in Disney World, Disneyland. It's Walt's childhood of Marceline, Missouri, right down the road from where we're standing right now, just down the highway. And uh, we are going to go there. Dave and I are going to go there in about a month or two. And so you got to roll with us if you want to go. That would be awesome. Okay, outstanding. Uh, I think we've asked Mike from uh, Be Our Guest Podcast to join along. So we don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find out. But, yeah, we're definitely going to head down there. But getting back to this whole Shanghai Disney thing, you know, they pushed back uh, the time it's supposed supposed to open. And we do know that there's no... Uh, Main Street USA. I am very bummed about that. Um, I don't know if I'm offended or not, Vicky, to be honest with you, because I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me uh, because it's in, you know, because it's over in China 
and they don't want to, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to connect the dots that aren't even there, but I don't know. Do you think they just don't want to have a USA stamped uh, street in China or what do you think? I don't know, but I think that Disney World in itself is Walt Disney. And if you take out Main Street, that's like taking Walt out of Walt Disney. Kind of crazy. Completely agree. And that's all I have for you today in uh, This Week in History. This is how we do it. Jump ahead of the bread line, one swing ahead of the sword. I still only what I can afford. And that's everything. Okay, welcome back. Wherever you may be, in your car, on your laptop, listening from your iPad, iPod, just your tablet, we are that podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. And I have to say with Nick and Vicky, Vicky is filling in. Vicky, say hi again to our listeners. Hi, everybody. Hope you're having a magical day. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I only heard that a couple times the last time I was at the parks. And uh, so it's, it's good to hear have a magical day. If you noticed in our podcast, I don't know if you have, Vicki, I've been trying to add that at the very end of each podcast ever since I've been back from vacation because I just didn't hear it when I was at Walt Disney World this past June. So I, I've been adding it. So let's get to... What everyone has been waiting for. Let's get into some rumors and news. You know, this first uh, news article that I found uh, addresses the too many magic bands complaint. You know, Disney has rolled out another update to the My Disney Experience website. Now, this is only on the website. You cannot get on it from your tablet. Uh, users have the option to opt out of receiving a new Magic Band every time they book a stay at one of the on-site Disney resorts. Apparently, frequent visitors have been complaining about their growing stockpile of Magic Bands. I don't know why you would complain about the stockpile of Magic Bands. I've always loved Magic Bands, Vicky. Yeah, I love collecting them because it's sort of like a memento from my trip. I know, it's like a free souvenir that they give you. Um... The only thing that I would say about that is I'm not sure why they would worry about that. What if their battery goes dead and that's going to cause them more problems on their current trip if they try to use their old band? Now, I will say it's not something free they give you. You do pay for them in your package. That's true. But those batteries last up to two years or more, believe it or not. And I know that from talking with the concierge service. Uh, Colin had lost his uh, on this past trip and they looked up his old band and it was still active. Like, it was still pinging. It was still going on. Like, the battery was still alive. Oh, because we had heard that they only last 12 to 16 months. So, depending on how many months are between your trips, that could cause you a little bit of a problem. Yeah, this was only 12 months. It was it was about one year. And so, it was still working. But, uh, yeah, apparently you can keep those magic bands. You know, and I, and I just looked at my... I just happened to see our bands today. And I forgot they were in the car. They're still in the cup holders of the car on the driver's side. And I saw them today as I was heading to work because, you know, we do report on Monday. Teachers have to go back to school here in, uh, in, in St. Peter's Mo. And um, I smiled. I couldn't help but smile when I looked down and I saw those bands. Um, I was already kind of stressing out knowing I have to go back to school. But after I saw those bands, it kind of just eased my worries and... 
I am instantly had an image of the Magic Kingdom and Cinderella's Castle. I know it sounds corny and cheesy, but um, you would too if you looked at your magic bands. I would totally agree. Um, and the thing that we like is they coordinate with your clothes. So we kind of use them as jewelry accessories, my daughter and I, um, with some of our Mickey Mouse clothes. We just wear it with that. And I know the students think that is awesome. They talk to me about Disney World. And if they've never been, they ask me how they work. And if they have been, then they tell me what color theirs is. And we kind of swap stories. And like you said, it kind of puts a smile on your face and it adds to your day. Yeah, so Walt Disney World has now added the option for guests to opt out of receiving a new Magic Band. Jeez, Vicky, I just don't know why someone would want to do that. But you do have that option now when you book your stay at an on-site Disney resort. The only provision to this is that you must first, or excuse me, that you must already have a Magic Band active with a My Magic Experience account. And Magic Bands are battery operated, so they're only good up to one year, apparently, through in this article. I know the concierge service told us uh, uh, really up to two years. So if you decide later that you would like a new Magic Band, there's an option to opt back in. So don't you worry. Well, I know my Magic Bands for the last two years are still good because um, they're still on my My Disney Experience account. And so that's why I encourage everybody to get a different color because they say that you can trade them out with your outfits if yours are still active. Oh, nice. Really? That, that's cool. Yeah. Um, there was a lady there that had been there three times in the last year and a half, and she had gotten a different color so she could coordinate it with her Disney wear. Outstanding. Yeah. I, I like the di- getting the Disney bands. I think it's part of the whole Disney experience of going on vacation of ordering them and then waiting for them. It's like Christmas Day all over again. When they do come, you see it's from Disney. You're like, oh, the Magic Bands are in. And you, I, if you're anything like me, I, I open them up. I look at them. Even though I know who's is who, I still look inside to see what's written on the bottom, even though I know what's already there. But it's just a cool thing of every vacation. I get a different color, and it just reminds me of that year's experience on that trip. And, yeah, I'm going to keep continuing to get different Magic Bands, even though I'm paying for them every single vacation. And I am actually surprised, Nick, that I don't see in your room what I'm about to tell you. Someone took a curtain rod, and they have them in their private little Disney room, and they have them lined up in color order, and they just keep adding to them trip to trip to trip. No, I saw this on Pinterest, and I thought, what a cool idea, because mine are still in the box. And you're totally right. When they arrive at the door, you feel like Santa has just come, and the box looks different every time we've gotten them, so that makes it even more fun. Were these in a classroom or in someone's home? No, someone had a Disney room in their home, kind of like you have a lot of Disney in this room, and they put up a curtain rod, and they just put the Disney bands hanging from it across there, and it, it was really cool. That's awesome. All right, moving on. Uh, something that uh, I'm going to play for our listeners, and we're going to watch and, and talk about this. I, I don't know, if uh, Miles Capaters, if you've heard this in the news recently, but... Um, Okay, I have always said, if, if you don't hear crying babies and a husband and wife or just families arguing, you're, you're not at Disney World. You know, I've made that comment before because if you want to test someone's relationship that they have with their spouse and their children, I have always said, take them to Disney World or Disneyland about midday, near the end of the day, maybe day two in the morning. I mean, you're, you're getting cranky because you're waiting in line for everything and everything there's like the military. You hurry up and wait. Yeah, that is true. Um, that's why I do the mornings and the late nights. So you take a break in between. 
Oh yeah, we're famous for that. You get better rides, or you get less wait times, I should say, in the morning. And um, in fact, the first two hours on Christmas Day last year, I think I mentioned this, that my kids rode nine different rides, including Space Mountain, three times. Oh, wow. Well, maybe uh, these couples should have taken some advice from you and took a break midday and went back to the resorts to cool off if they're staying at a resort. But uh, yeah, so at Epcot's test track, there was a brawl and it involved some women and there is a difference, Vicky, between women fighting and men fighting. Men will duke it out for like eh, 10 seconds. Whoever gets the best punch in, you shake hands afterwards and say, good fight. All right. And they move on. But you women, I'm sorry. You claw, you punch hair, you gra- I mean, you, you guys are vicious. Yeah, I'm not a fighter. So that would not be me. And I've been, I'm at, back at the resort at this time. So. I'm anxious to see uh, how the listeners feel about this when they write into the podcast about this situation. And, and I have to say that your uh, women are innovators when it comes to fighting because they will use anything around them to inflict pain or what they have in their hands already, like in this case, an umbrella. So this, invi- this involves uh, two families, basically, uh, and an umbrella, test track. And so let's just roll the clip. Let's go from there. Okay, so here we have uh, the women bantering back and forth, uh, getting upset at each other, and uh, you can see there's a conversation going on, then all of a sudden, and and, and by the way, there are two small children. Uh, This one mother has uh, a daughter and a son, and they're in line at the part in Test Track where you're just finished uh, creating your car, and the door's open. They're in line waiting, and they're bantering each other uh, just saying things and all of a sudden one of the ladies you know she has an umbrella in her hand because this past week it was raining and she starts just wailing away at this other person in front of her hitting her in the head and the shoulder and in the arms and the bystanders are just shocked staring at this whole situation wondering what the heck is going on this looks pretty brutal yeah, I don't know what they were thinking because they're in the happiest place on earth. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you are at the happiest place on earth, but uh, it, it does test your relationships with people and your own family <laughs> when you're at Disney World. But you can see here, you know, someone stepped in. You see this plain clothed individual? Yeah. You see him? Okay, you're going to see when the camera pans around or pans towards him, he has a shaved head. And we did an episode on security uh, back in like April on security individuals that are in just plain clothes walk in the parks that there's an actual group of individuals employed by Disney that walk around by themselves and uh, settle situations like this and I have to I think this is one of those individuals you just saw the man in the video he's in plain clothes he doesn't have anyone else with him no kids no wife nothing and he has a shaved military haircut Yeah, I don't know. My question would be, and I'm not sure that they mentioned this on the news even, is if these people are both from the United States, which how embarrassing. 
Because sometimes I know when people are from other places, their closeness and their idea of when they're in the parks, sometimes they don't have the same courtesies as we do here in the United States. Yeah, definitely. Cultural barriers. You know, you just see, yeah, just it's a culture thing. Yeah, because I know, especially um, at Disney World, you notice they're okay being shoulder to shoulder with you. When it's 99 degrees, I'm not real happy about somebody being shoulder to shoulder with me. So that's why I do stay out of the parks in the afternoon. You know what's sad about this whole situation, though, Vicki? So you have uh, a husband and wife and two other, it looks like, moms and their kids with them. And they're arguing back and forth. Okay, so the family that actually inflicted the pain and, and took the umbrella and are hitting the other woman. Oh, I think it could have been held way differently than than the than the outcome. You, you brought your children with you. There are other children f- with other families in line. This isn't a good scenario that that played out. Here you have an opportunity for someone to be the bigger person, and honestly, this is like a mentorship. Uh, opportunity for your children. You could have easily said, you know what, we're going to let them go a little while and just ignore them and let them get ahead in the line and let people cut in front of you. Or try to be polite and diffuse the situation and then later explain to your children uh, what was going on and how you handled the situation and this is why. These kiddos, and it's a they're young, uh, a girl and a boy, they're going to grow up thinking, because I guarantee you this isn't the first time this woman has done something like this in front of her children. If she's doing it there, you know, in front of her children, like like nothing's going on. Um, this is a great mentorship uh, opportunity for her to explain the situation and for them to learn from this. But she didn't do the right thing, and now her kids are going to remember this, and all the other children are going to remember this. This is just bad, 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 bad. I just think that it's probably going to make some of them scared and they're not going to be wanting to go back to Epcot for sure. Maybe just test her. Who knows? But um, you're totally right. And this is why we have issues, I think, in the school system now, because this is what they see. And so they've been taught to they have the right to fight for whatever they want. And sometimes that goes on in school and that doesn't fly with us. We're not allowed to let that happen. Yeah. So, yeah. What if this kid goes back to his school and it's a rainy day and he grabs the umbrella and he's in line to go to the buses, and someone steps on his toes or something, literally on his feet or something, oh, messing up his new sneakers, I don't know. What's he going to do? Get out his umbrella and hit the kid in front of him now because that's what he saw his mother do, and that's what he's going to tell the principal? You know, and unfortunately, you're absolutely right. We hear that all the time from children at our school. The parents are role models in the eyes of these children, and they emulate what they see. Right, because I know that's the same thing with cursing. I mean, they hear it at home and they say, well, we're allowed to say it at our house. Well, you're seven years old, so you're not allowed to say that here at school. And we need to take care of that and nip it right now. That is very, you know, that's so true. I got a funny story to tell you. I had a kid that uh, had a problem saying the F-bomb near the end of uh, school, you know, six years old, right? First grader. Holy cow. And uh, he, 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 he said he had learned it from another kid at first. Uh, but then he told me he learned it from his parents. I had called home and uh, said, um, so, you know, so-and-so uh, has a problem saying the F-bomb in class. And, um, you know, I was, I was afraid to say it, but I was like, you know, they said they learned it from you, you know. And uh, so, anywho, uh, parents totally denied it. And honestly, I do believe them. I do believe these, these parents. Uh, awesome 
parents, awesome individuals. But uh, kids will be kids, and uh, they will emulate their role models and what they see in others. So, wow, man, this is horrible. But I have to say, in that video, did you watch not the security individual, but the cast member that walked up did a really good job of uh, ensuring that that party made their way out of the attraction and got them outside. They did, but uh, I did hear from the news that they were not thrown from the park, which I was pretty surprised about. Yeah, they said that they were not asked to leave the park. They fixed the situation or they compromised whatever it took to do it, and then they were allowed to stay in the park for the day if they didn't cause any more problems. That's sad. I would have booted them. I mean, you, you just don't need that because now you just set the standard where you're allowed a mulligan. Yeah, that's exactly right. They'll think, oh, well, then I can just hit another in another park. Yeah, it could continue on. And I hope we're wrong, but we see it too much every day how much kids are like their parents. All right. So moving along, that was just an exciting story that we had to share with you. So moving on. For those of you awaiting the arrival of Pandora Charms, they are now available online in the Disney store. Have you seen these, Vicky, the Pandora Disney Charms? I have seen them, and my cousin owns all of them. Yes, I know. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Do they have like a gold mine they tapped into to buy these things? Because I've seen the prices. She's got a wealthy boyfriend. Oh, a boyfriend. So they're not married yet. Okay. No. That that explains it all. So he's just trying to keep well, her. I don't know that Mary is involved. He's a little bit older. He's the same age as her dad, so. Okay, I'm hearing crickets right now. That's... <laughs> Are know. you serious? I'm very serious. My daughter had a really hard time with it, but they get along great, and she's really happy, so we're really happy for her. You know, that usually happens when you have an older uh, boyfriend and a younger, you know, girlfriend. I'm just saying, you know. Buying things all the time for him? I don't know, but she has this whole bracelet and she only wears it on special occasions and she just got it when she got her free 20-year trip from cute, uh, Quick Trip for her anniversary to Disney World. Does she listen to the show at all? I'm trying to get her in here, but, you know, I don't know if I've grabbed her yet. We'll find out after this because she'll be calling me. Gosh, I hope she hasn't listened to this episode. So these charms are very expensive. And let me pull it up online here, Vicky, for you. We can go ahead and look at these. Now, if these are anything like the Wizard of Oz charms that my father purchased for my mother for Christmas, I believe it's for Christmas, I mean, he spent a fortune on those things. They're like $50, $60 a charm on the cheap end. You know, there were some charms that were upper up in the upper 100s uh, for a charm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Just for a charm. So I've pulled these up right now and you can see that we have some Mickey and Minnie Mouse charms Animal Kingdom charms uh, Be Magical charms and some just various charms of Mickey and Minnie kissing and you can see they're roughly 60 I see one for $85 although they look nice um, you know I just don't see myself uh, purchasing these for Aaron although they are cool of course, she's not a huge Disney nerd like me anyway, so she probably wouldn't want them. But someone like you, Vic, that I know would love to have these charms. Ooh, look, there's a cupcake. It's only $50. Um, Cinderella's Castle for $65. they are pretty cool, but do you think they're $65 to $100 cool? Well, I will tell you, um, you need to see them in person because these pictures really don't 
uh, give them justice at all. The detail in them is just like going to Disney World. The um, They don't miss a beat. Like, just each little indentation and stuff. I know you can't see any of that, but this is this one looks gorgeous. It almost makes it look like it's diamonds on the Minnie Mouse hat. Um, I know you guys can't see it. Sorry, listeners. But um, I don't necessarily think that's worth it to me because I don't wear a lot of jewelry because at school they could get broken or anything. But um, I could totally, if I wasn't doing the job that I am do not, I am now, or if I was retired, I might consider getting some of these. But yeah, they are pretty pricey. Yeah, and one thing, they dangle from your wrist. So yeah, they're definitely going to get caught on something. So it's kind of different than a ring, you know? I mean, I could really see that charm bracelet uh, getting caught in, in certain areas, you know, especially if you're a teacher or, you know, work with money or anything or anything like that, you know, they definitely get caught. So, yeah, they're pretty pricey, but uh, hey, man, you know, there's a huge calling for people who collect Disney pins. So I could see, you know, for the ladies, this is sort of like that. Yeah, Joey has, I bet Joey has about $1,000 worth of pins now of all of our trips. Yeah, he saves up his money when he goes and takes his Christmas money and he trades out with the people. He'll buy like a cheap set and then he'll find people that have like collectors that work there because they have to trade with you. You know what Leonard Kinsey would say to that, don't you? No, I don't think I do. <laughs> It'd be bleepity bleep 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 <laughs> about the pins. He does not get it. And I'll be honest, I, I sort of get it, but I don't get like the Joey's standard of right. $1,000 worth of pins. Holy jeez, dude. You know, you could resell those and probably get a ton of money. And I, whatever. I mean, he puts a high value on it, I guess, you know, like that. They mean a lot to him. So I get it. It's Disney. Yeah, I do get it. Well, he um, has the collector case. He saved up his money um, and bought the collector case probably two years ago. And he'll just sit there and look at them almost like we do our scrapbooks. And he remembers. Remember when I rode this ride for the first time? Because he gets a lot of pins that way. We buy it if it's the first time he's rode that ride. Just so he has it as a remembrance. And I got to say, he is very um, sentimental about stuff like that. He's going to make a good husband. Oh, listen to you. All right. We started off on charms and ended up with your boy being a good husband. All right. So moving on. Um, Have you ever been, I am a huge Michael Jackson fan, but have you ever been a huge Captain EO fan? I'm afraid not. And I love Michael Jackson. I wanted to marry him when I was in middle school. Really? Yes. um, Unfortunately, uh, Miss LeBrock's algebra class didn't always entertain us. And we brought our teen magazines and me and another girl would swap Michael Jackson pictures and talk about how we were going to marry him someday. I remember taking uh, my brother Jim's uh, cassette tape to, uh, it was when I was in dude preschool or something. It was during nap time. You could listen to music and stuff like that. So people would bring in different tapes and you could, you could bring one in and they'd play it while we're napping. And I brought in my brother's Michael Jackson tape, you know, with like Beat It and Bad and on Thriller and all that good stuff. So I was like king of the day in preschool on that day. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, you know, in the fall of 1986, Michael Jackson came to Epcot. Uh, and, you know, he went away for a while, but now he has made his return. Captain EO, the breakthrough 3D science fiction adventure that starred Michael Jackson, was a 17-minute long attraction, and that was an Epcot in Future World, just the west section of the park. I know Dave and I have a lot of friends that absolutely love Captain EO and actually have his shoes 
and probably are going to be extremely excited that he's back. This person already knew he was coming back. We all did. It's just it finally came back. So that's why we're reporting on it. But uh, I just didn't get it. It was cool with all the dance moves, you know, and it was futuristic and sci-fi. And I'm a sci-fi dude. I am super sci-fi. I just didn't get the whole Captain EO thing, man. We don't get it either. And I have to admit that we used it for a nice air conditioned nap. You know, before Captain EO came back, uh, they were using it to uh, basically do pre-screenings on new Disney cartoons that were coming out. And I thought that was neat. Um, But, you know, they really just need to make Epcot uh, what it was really intended to be, a futuristic world of tomorrow, you know, and um, with the new technology and new innovations in that city. I wish they would bring back the heart of Epcot and not bring in, excuse me, this is my opinion, junk like this to the parks and especially the frozen attraction they're putting up in the Norway Pavilion. Don't bring the rides back there. Leave Epcot to an extent the way it is and you know showcase the world but also they need to revive that thing into what it was really set out to be years ago when disney first reported on it yeah i would agree uh i know that brad's big techie guy so he was surprised that they hadn't gone in and updated it using today's technology because they could make it better i think just by doing that and still have michael jackson in it look at all the things that they've done with videos of people that have passed away and they have videos of them in it so i think they could make it work if they want to but i agree they need to kind of go back to what epcot was originally meant for yeah they can create like a holographic image of him you know for real that'd be kind of legit that'd be worth seeing instead of like a movie screen to where you feel like you're inside that spaceship and those aliens are all around you, you know, sort of like a 4d experience. That'd be kind of cool. But, uh, yeah. So captain EO is making his appearance yet again at Epcot. Okay. Next, I want to talk to you guys about some rumors. Okay. So this is just a rumor. This isn't news. There's no hard facts on this, but this is coming uh, out of cast members themselves and I realize cast members are the last people you want to listen to but who doesn't like a nice juicy rumor right Vicky? Yeah that's the people to get them from too because they're hearing stuff it may not be true yet but it could be true in the future so apparently there was a meeting held with some Disney cast members about the next huge 45th anniversary that's coming up next year Apparently, Disney is already planning for the 45th anniversary and the 50th anniversary that's coming up in the next five years. They said that the current plans are to completely overhaul both Frontierland and Tomorrowland, both in the facades and adding new attractions. They said to expect something big, some big changes coming to those two lands. But uh, they also admitted in the same breath that they didn't have any specifics uh, right now as to what would consist of the new Frontier and Tomorrowland and what it would look like. But uh, apparently that thought is already out there and people are thinking about, you know, refurbing both those lands. Well, in Frontierland, they're doing some things anyway, because with the Jungle Cruise restaurant and um, they updated, I can't remember the name of that. The the Skipper Cantina. It's going to be called the Skipper's Cantina. Okay. So they're already doing some things there. Um, I don't know. They have so much going on. They're Disney, though, and they're magical. So I guess they could pull it off. But I still think there's some things in Fantasyland that aren't completely finished, and they still have to work on that part in front of the castle, too. 
Uh, well, the castle's done. You talking about the turrets? Everything in, everything in front of the castle is all set. So it's going to be ready for me when I get there in December. Yo, no, yeah, it's done. I think uh, this in the last week, they went ahead and took down all the boards and scaffolding and, and everything. Even on Main Street, there was some stuff going on with some of the buildings there. And uh, I was watching Periscope a couple weeks ago. Well, this was a couple weeks ago when I saw this one. But uh, the, the scaffolding was already down. And my wife and I were scratching our heads. We were just there, you know, like a week ago. And all the scaffolding was there. How did they take it down just one week? I mean, it was it, this was huge. This was a huge undertaking. But that's Disney for you. They work throughout the whole night um, and don't skip a beat. But, uh, yeah, that project in front of the castle, uh, you're talking about the grass and everything else, or are you talking right up along the castle? The grass and everything else that they were doing to have more of a viewing area. Yeah, uh, most of that's already done. I know the turrets are already done. But, uh, yeah, they're doing some great things. And I really hope this rumor is true. I really do. I'm crossing my fingers because I would just love to see more added to the Magic Kingdom. I don't know where they're going to put it. You know, there's a lot of land that they own back there. You know, behind the Magic Kingdom is where they fire their fireworks. You know, every single night they shoot off from behind the Magic Kingdom. But behind there you have the Disney University and the parking lots for all the cast members, you know, and that university is where, you know, the cast members learn their traditions class about Disney when they're first hired on. There's a bank. There's even a bank back there. So if you look on Google Earth, you can see all that. There's a ton of land still set aside behind the Magic Kingdom. But as far as inside the Magic Kingdom, um, without stepping out of bounds outside the train tracks, you know, I don't know where they're going to put all these refurbs. So... When you're on the People Mover, which we frequent quite frequently when we're there, you can see some land like back behind Tomorrowland Racetrack. And the tracks would be in the middle of it, but they could put something and we could walk over the tracks like we do at other parks. They could have somebody there, you know, to stop us from going when the train's coming through. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is some land right there, and I know exactly where you're talking about. So if you're looking at a clock and you're in in the entrance of the Magic Kingdom... I would say it's probably at your two o'clock in the back of the park. That would be about right. Yeah. And it's kind of to the left. If you're facing Space Mountain, it's to the left of that. Like it would be to the left side of it. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're right. There is some land there. There's that big, it's not a big hill, but it kind of, there's that big hilly, hilly area that goes right. down. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That, that'd be, that'd be neat. If they could expand out to that area. I don't know what they're going to do. And again, this is just rumor, but I so hope it's true. It would be really cool. I mean, I would like to see what the Imagineers come up with because um, I'm amazed every time I go there. And I know I've been there, you know, this will be my sixth time this year, but I uh, always see something new. All right. And the last thing that I want to bring up to you guys, uh, D23, um, the official Disney fan club, you know, they present the D23 Expo. It's going to be at the Anaheim Convention Center the weekend of August 14th through the 16th of this year. I've been to uh, that convention center. I have not been to the actual expo, but uh, boy, boy, I wish we could all go, Vicky. but uh, we're going to be in school teaching. Uh, very crabby that day, or that, for that week, I should say. But uh, we will bring you the latest news and updates. I don't know. You know, I was thinking maybe of doing a daily update review segment just a short segment maybe five ten minutes every single day unveiling what d23 has uh revealed for everyone and maybe we can update you that way or just wait for all the updates and put them in our podcast my fear is though that we will report on it and then you know weeks gone by and everyone already knows all that information anyway 
Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to August 15th because you know what that is, right? Tell us. Um, that's when they're going to reveal the new Hollywood Studios name. So I don't know if that'll be the name when I get there at Christmas or not. You want to take a guess? You want to take a guess? You want to place a bet? No, I don't want to place let's a bet. bet. <laughs> let's bet. I will bet you five students. Okay. You get to pick the five y- students? Yes. I'll pick the five students. Trust me, they'll be good. I promise. Wink, wink. Um, it's going to be something with Pixar in it. Well, I know. I would agree with you, but we heard something about Adventures is going to be in it. So maybe it's going to be Pixar Adventures. Adventure is out there. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but it's coming soon. So that gives me something to look forward to at the end of that first week of school. What are you wagering? I'm not wagering anything. I'm not a betting woman. You have to give me your student teacher, if, if I'm correct. Oh, I'll give you your stu- my student teacher. I think that would be a fair trade. All right, five kids for one student teacher, and I get to pick the kiddos. Deal. All right. So before we end our podcast, what I would like to do, Vicky, I want to do something fun. You know, Dave and I, we have attempted this before, and it was okay. But uh, what I would like to do is I would like to take some Disney quizzes with you. Are you up for some fun? I'm always up for a good time. All right. So what quiz we're going to take, which Disney job should you have? And it's going to ask you a series of questions and whatever your responses are, it's going to tailor a unique Disney job for you. I've been trying to get hired on with Disney for the past, uh, geez, year, year and a half or so. And um, I'm not afraid of rejection. I've been turned down a few times. Matter of fact, I just got a rejection notice this week, but I'm still trying. So if you're listening, Disney, hire me, please. Anywho. So we're going to find out which Disney job should we have. And who wants to go first? You want to go first? Sure. Okay. So which Disney job should you have? All right, Vixter. Here's the quiz. Which Disney job should you have? A job should always be fun, challenging, exciting, or involve the outdoors. Challenging. Okay, you're going with challenging. My preference is to work in groups by myself, with friends, or as little as possible. With friends. My friends describe me as ambitious, secretive, devious, or entertaining. Oh, let's go with entertaining. Okay. If I could give a gift to everyone in the world, I would give them puppies, gold, happiness, or cookies. Something tells me you're going to go with puppies or happiness. I'm going with happiness. No puppies, huh? Well, I don't have a puppy. I have a kitty. All right. My most prized possession is my scrapbook. That's what you're going to pick, I know. Diary, coin collection, or recipe book. Definitely my scrapbook. Do you go to that scrapbooking convention every single year with uh, with Susan and Julie from school? Yes, it's scrapbook camp. You're sick that day, <coughs> right? Nope, I take a personal day. Everybody else is sick. You get approval for a personal day for that? You just put other. Oh, okay. That's the trick. Okay, I'm going to go with you next time. All right. My favorite season is spring, summer, winter, or fall. Fall. Hey, mine too. My favorite thing to do on the weekends is clean my room, read the newspaper, go to parties, or work. You are a workaholic, so I'm going to say yours is work if you like it or not. Okay, that's fine. You can put that, but I was going to say go to parties. I would hate to think that I'm boring and want to work all the time. We'll put going to parties. My favorite thing to wear to work is a hat, a heavy coat, a suit, 
or an apron? A hat. Pick a subject. History, math, English, or recess? Math. Going with math. Okay. And finally, number 10. If I'm not working, I'm probably working more, playing, sleeping, or eating. I'm going to say working more. That is you. All right. Your job, you should be a chimney sweep. That's very exciting and dirty. <laughs> You're a master of hard work, play hard. You like to sing and dance while you work, which motivates others to do their best by your side. You can pull off any look, even if you're covered in soot. Well, that's good to know. Now I know where I'm going to do when I get to Disney World. All right, so I'm going to take the quiz next to see okay. what job I should have. A job should always be fun, challenging, exciting, outdoors. I'm going to go with exciting. My preference is to work in groups, by myself, with my friends, as little as possible. I'm going to have to say in groups. My friends describe me as ambitious, secretive, devious, or entertaining. Ambitious. If I could give a gift to everyone in the world, I would give them puppies, gold, happiness, or cookies. I would have to say happiness because, you know, you can give them gold, but it doesn't buy happiness, right? That's right. And not everyone likes puppies, and some people might be allergic to some of the ingredients in cookies. So I'm going to go with happiness. Good call. My most prized possession is my scrapbook, diary, coin collection, or recipe book. I'm going to say coin collection. My favorite season is spring, summer, winter or fall I love the fall you know you you can uh, look at that the pictures are messed up you see the fall and the winter they're not underneath the category uh, you need to mm, the Disney foul like, let me take this person's job because obviously <laughs> they're not doing it right okay so I have to say my favorite uh, season is the fall you get to wear long sleeves on especially you know for me if you put on a little weight during the summer vacation you can hide all that right so yeah I'm gonna go with fall fun to visit Disney in the fall too. Just saying. My favorite thing to do on weekends is clean my room, read the newspaper, go to parties, or work. Go to parties. My favorite thing to wear to work is a hat, a heavy coat, a suit, or an apron. Have you seen me in school with, with a hat on before? Uh, I believe a few times. <laughs> Quite a bit, actually. I try to wear a hat as much as possible without... Um, peeving off my, my leadership <laughs> and uh, I kind of push the boundaries every now and then but you'll see me with a blues hat on a time or two throughout uh, throughout the month I think you should try the Mickey ears and see how that goes you know I'm thinking they probably make me take those off I bet you they you know, they don't say anything about my blues cap my blues you know ball cap but uh, um, Mickey ears I bet you they say that's a distraction it needs to come off I don't know. I've seen some headbands on some girls that we have to have every day, and they are allowed to wear it. So you could declare discrimination. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm one of those teachers. I can care less if kids wear hats in my room. I really don't care. If I had it my way um, in my classroom, I would declare every day a hat day, to be honest with you. Be, come as you are and be comfortable. In that case, we could wear pajamas. Let's answer your question. My yes. favorite thing to wear to work is a hat, a heavy coat, a suit, and an apron. Okay, a hat. 
Pick a subject, history, math, English, or recess. Definitely history. I am a history buff. If I'm not working, I'm probably working more, playing, sleeping, or eating. I'm going to go with playing. I should be a newsie. Apparently, I love working with other people, especially with my friends. It says that I'm charming and I like to be the center of attention while I work. Do you think I want to be the center? Am I the center of attention when I when I work? I don't see that side of you, but... No, I'm very... I'm definitely... Definitely uh, not a recluse. I'm not that bad, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't consider myself the center of attention. I think you share the spotlight well. Oh, thank you. But uh, let's see. Here it goes on to say you also know when to seize the day and stand up for what you believe in. That is definitely true. That is me. One hundred. No scratch that. One thousand percent. I would agree. You do stand up for what you believe in, and that's a good thing to have. That's a good trait to have, I should say. All right, Miles Capaders, I just want to say thanks for listening again to the best Disney podcast, that podcast that entertains that space between your ears. I want to give a special thanks to Vicky. Yay, thanks for coming on our show, Vicky. We really did appreciate it. No problem. I hope you guys all have a magical week, and we'll be happy to have Mr. Dave back when he comes back to tell us his fun stories. I'm going to fire him. I'm going to say you're taking over for him. Oh, no, don't do that. I'll just fill in from time to time, or we could do all three of us at once. That'd be fun, too. So I just want to give a couple shout-outs. Jose Fontanas from Puerto Rico. We continue to get a ton of downloads and listens from Puerto Rico, which is awesome. I also want to give a special shout-out to Ethan. Uh, Ethan Burke out of uh, Anaheim. He's in Disney, or he goes to Disney quite often. He's an annual pass holder. And uh, check him out on Periscope, Ethan underscore vids on Twitter and Periscope. So, Ethan, I am hope you're having a blast, buddy. Give me a call next time you're at the park so we can get you back on the podcast. I also want to give a big shout-out to my brother Jeremy out in Colorado. Thank you. I know he's a huge supporter. My dad, if you're still listening, God bless you. And um, let's see here. Mario, the popcorn uh, cook, uh, right inside the Magic Kingdom. And he knows how to fill the popcorn box well, so thank you very much. I also want to thank my first grade class for listening and some of my future third graders that I know that listen to this podcast as well. I just want to give you guys a big thanks as well. Thank you again for listening to that podcast that entertains that space between your ears. Peace. See ya. No, you have to say peace, just like Dave. Peace. No, 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 like this. Peace. Peace. Okay, let's try that again. Peace. Peace. (laughs) All right, we'll take it. Have a magical day.